listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Listening to Windy City Slam. Mike Pankow sitting across from me at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement. My name is Chris. Welcome in. We've got a good guest ready to go today. She's calling in. We're going to get to her in just moments, Michael. Yes. And uh, and hopefully it all holds together. I'm going to tell you, last week, sat down here, turned on the studio. This studio works perfectly every single day, anytime I use it. Last night, I came in hammered after a night out at the Open Outcry Brewing Company on Western Avenue inside of the broadcast basement soundcheck lounge and walked in just to post a show for another podcast on the network and just completely obliterated could use the studio without a problem today stone cold sober tea in my system feeling good about myself ready for our guest the internet just continues to pop out but uh, so far it's holding in there we're gonna introduce the guest in just moments why don't you tell me what's going on with you and uh Anything you want to get to right off the bat? I'm doing good. Uh, let's do a couple of uh, news and notes real quick before we get to our guest. Uh, rest in peace to uh, former WWE legend, Hall of Famer, backstage executive Pat Patterson, who passed away last week. Uh, very, very sad. He was an integral part of WWE probably for like 35, 40, 45 years. Longtime wrestler. Um, he was also part of Vince McMahon's Stooges back in the Attitude Era during those days. He and Gerald Briscoe were always at Vince's side. Pat Patterson worked with a lot of the wrestlers on their finishes and uh, building matches and stuff like that. Legendary Pat Patterson, rest in peace, my friend. Um, hopefully you have some good matches up in heaven. He had a good run, if you think about it, because he seemed like he was old in the Attitude Era. Like when Stone Cold would give him a stunner, you felt bad for him. Yeah. And that was in the late 90s. So, I mean, like, he had one heck of a run. And, uh, you know, and it was interesting, you know, Vince McMahon, Generally, it's kind of canned, but I, I felt like his words on the whole thing about how Pat Patterson had such an influence on the product over the last multiple decades was pretty heartfelt. So you can see that 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 hurt him just a little bit as well. Yeah, a couple other accomplishments real quick. Um, first ever Intercontinental Champion. He won it in a faux tournament. They keep saying it was a real tournament, but it wasn't. It was just some sort of thing to give him a belt, and he was the first ever Intercontinental Champion. And then, also, he's the father of the Royal Rumble. He's the guy that actually created the concept for the match, which is really, really cool. One of my favorite matches all year. Awesome. Very, very cool. One local item to hit before we bring in our guest, POW Entertainment returns to action this Saturday night at Rumpoles in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin. Saturday night, December the 12th. One of the featured matches includes Hardcore Craig against Eric Freedom, Past Windy City Slam podcast guest Garrison Creed will be making his POW Entertainment debut, so very exciting for him. He's kind of broadening his horizons, hitting a lot more different territories. And also, on the show, new POW Tag Team Champions, the Bruiser Mass Index with Joey Roth, and the new POW Champion, Paulie Tomaselli, will be in action. Solid. So now... Yeah, I know, you're so excited about this. Rubbing my hands. You're so excited about and this. And ladies... Like pumped off. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm trying to build it up here. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, now on the line, our special guest, and we'll build it up a little bit first, as seen on NXT, WWE Network's The Bump, 
heard on Sirius XM's Busted Open Radio. She's the host of The Hot Tag with Izzy, live and in living color from Central Florida. It's Izzy. How you doing, Izzy? Hey, can you guys hear me? Yeah, yes. we got gotcha. you. Awesome. I wasn't sure this was my first time using Podbean, but hey, there's always a first time for everything. But thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. So, so Mike tells me that you're coming on the show, and I'll be honest with you, Izzy, like he he knows everything about you, and I not so much. And I'm like, and I, and he goes, he goes, she's uh she's younger than your daughter, and I have a 15 year old daughter, and I'm like, we're having we're, okay. having, we're having like a, a like a youngster on the program, but he was going through all of your accolades. I mean, you were involved in in the action as young as the age of eight years old. When, when you had I Sasha was. Banks playing heel and ripping things out of your hands and making you cry when you're fighting Bailey. So you're a vet, aren't you? I guess you could say I am. Um, I don't really consider myself a vet, but like, it's kind of cool when people like say like, man, you've been around the business pretty much like your whole life. And you know, that's why, you know, becoming a wrestler for me, like personally means so much because I pretty much dedicated my whole life to this career. So a little background between me and Izzy, uh, Val Capone, is, uh, who was a past podcast guest here on the Windy City Slam podcast, she yes. and I were both down in Orlando last fall, last October. I had two tickets to NXT at Full Sail Live, and my wife didn't want to leave Disney. So I'm like, <laughs> who can I take? Who can I take? Realize Val's a Diz pro or a Disney pro. You know, she's always down there taking vacations, taking a day or two here, going to all the Disney parks. And obviously she's a huge wrestling fan, as we know from her time with freelance wrestling, warrior wrestling, now with Zello Pro, freelance underground as well. So we we, we hooked up. Um, I picked her up at her hotel. We ended up going to NXT Live at Full Sail Live. And after the show, I'm like, I've got to meet Izzy. I mean, this is a thing I wanted to do. So I ran into her after the show, Val and I, and Val obviously remembers Izzy from another show that they were at in the past someplace else, like a WrestleMania or something, right? Yeah, I don't really remember exactly, but I remember like, I remember Val was telling me that she, she's seen me at some like other shows, but like, I don't know the exact one, but I, I totally remember like what you're talking about. Yeah. And then, um. Obviously, I get to, got to meet your wonderful parents, Cody and Jenny, and then yes. uh, uh, they were able to take a picture of me with you. So I was uh, kind of a little bucket list thing for a 45-year-old me taking a picture with a then 12-year-old uh, Izzy. <laughs> wow. I mean, first of all, Izzy, um, kudos to you. You make, a, you make a middle-aged man fanboy out on his podcast. But secondly, how do you get started in this? Like, how does how does how at such a young age do you end up in the middle of the wrestling world and being so involved in things going on in WWE, because trust me, there are plenty of fans that are around your age who would love to have the opportunity and probably are wondering how the heck did, uh, did this happen for you? Uh, man, it's like, I know like a lot of people think it's like the Bailey, like whole situation, you know, how like I kind of fell in love with Bailey and then like in a way, like we had this big connection and I, I, I gotta say it's that because, you know, like if I wasn't a Bailey fan, I don't think I would be like where I am today. You know, like she really kicked to start like my career. You know, it's so funny on the New Day podcast, she was saying like, in a way, Izzy like helped me in my NXT career. And then like, it's vice versa for me. Like she really helped me like in my, like in these years. So I really think it's like, from that, but I don't want to always say that it was just Bailey who helped me like 
be where I am today. But I also want to say like it was my passion and drive for the business. You know, like I wasn't forced to say or I wasn't forced to start my show the hot tag. I wasn't like forced to start a YouTube channel. I did it on my own. I said, you know what? I'm gonna give this a try. If it fails, it fails. If it's successful, then it's successful. So I really, it's a little bit of a balance between Bailey and then me at the same time. So, you know, it's a definitely, it's a weird balance, but at the same time, it's a good one. Yeah, I mean, you're becoming a media juggernaut, actually. Um, you were <laughs> yes. just mentioning the YouTube channel, which I was just about to get to. So you're maybe you got a sneak peek at my notes. I don't know. But great interview with Diamond Dallas Page on the It's Izzy Mania YouTube channel. 44 minutes of gold. Catch it right Thank now you. on YouTube. It, I was listening to it on the way into the studio today. It was awesome. And DDP is a, a big time guest for you. Huge score. So thumbs up he there. He really was. Yep. Yeah. So how often do you go back and you look at things like with Diamond Dallas Page? Like, I mean, do you, are you a big subscriber to the, to the WWE Network? You go back, you look at the old stuff? Or is it is it one of those things like whatever it is that you are around, that's what you're more into right now? For a young fan and for now somebody that's now a part of the the, the WWE and the wrestling world, where, where does your... I guess wrestling fandom lie. Do you do you even care about the old stuff? Do you do you watch the old stuff, or is it more what's going on right now that you've been around for? Well, that's a very interesting question. You know, I just love wrestling, so like whenever I get the opportunity to watch, you know, old school wrestling or even a different promotion like AEW, you know, I will take up on that opportunity. I know a lot of people, you know, always like kind of joke around that I'll always be like an NXT girl, like no, no, like. AEW stuff but like I started to watch AEW and like I was like man this is like really good and so it was funny because when I first did my preview for AEW because on my show the hot tag I every week would preview NXT only but when they did my first preview for AEW nobody was really expecting it it was like what the heck and it was so funny you know when I would like you know hype up the episode before I repost it I, I would be like, oh, this episode of the hot tag is going to be elite. And people were like, wait, what? What's happening? So, you know, I just like, I'm a big wrestling fan. And I just like, I just love watching wrestling. So like I said, whenever I get like the chance to watch old school wrestling, a different promotion, whatever it is, I will take up on that opportunity. Yeah, you seem like you're very knowledgeable about the history of the business. And uh, us older fans appreciate when the younger fans embrace history and the yeah. past yeah, you got to make old guys us. like mike feel good about themselves <laughs> you're doing a very good job of that all right Thank you're you. doing a very good job making the old guys still feel like they're young so that's a good thing good for you that'll keep the numbers yeah. up at least for those of those at least for the old guys that can figure out how to watch youtube channels some of them are just too old for that so uh obviously you were one of the few lucky fans at uh the Capitol Wrestling Center at the WWE PC last night for NXT TakeOver War Games. Uh, go yes. ahead and give us your uh, opinions on the show. Oh, so, you know, I said this because I actually called into Busted Open earlier today. And I was just saying, like, I was so thankful to be able to, like, just go to the Capitol Wrestling Center, go to an NXT show during a pandemic, and to be honest, for free. You know, it wasn't, like, and I don't know, there was something about it that I was like, so humble about and I think the really cool part was that I was able to share like so my dad just me and my dad were able to go because we they like ran out of tickets so like my mom wasn't able to go but it was like really cool because we were able to like share this 
dad and daughter moment. So that was a really nice moment for me. And so like, I don't know, a lot of people like don't know me, but like me and my dad are super close. So that was, like I said, it was really awesome. But like, wow, there's like such a, the atmosphere there was so different, like in a good way. And like the show, I thought the show was good. You know, I always say this, but I've seen some really good takeovers. So like my expectations are really high. So when people think like, I don't know, to be honest, the main event wasn't my favorite. So when people say like the men's war games match was the best match of the night, I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? So I said this earlier, but my match of the night was shot the women's wars games mm-hmm. match. That was really good. And then also, I really like the triple threat. That Those two matches were really fun. Yeah, that was Leon Ruff, uh, Johnny Gargano, and um, Damian Priest for the North American Championship, where Johnny Gargano ends up regaining the title with the help of uh, his ghost face people, one of which was Austin Theory, who unmasked after the match. So Gargano had some dastardly duties there. Was that something you were kind of expecting coming out of the show in terms of Gargano regaining it? I did predict predict that Johnny Gargano was going to win. You know, I, I said this on my preview for War Games that um, Leon Ruff has been safe for the past few weeks thanks to the help of Damian Priest, but there's no saving him from Johnny Gargano. You know, I feel like whenever Johnny Gargano is a man on a mission, nobody can stop him. So, like, last night we really saw that. We saw Johnny Gargano just, like, obliterate, like, Leon Ruff and Damian Priest, sure, he has he had those moments where he wasn't able to, you know, I don't know, like, stay on top. But then at the same time, he was able to, like, pick himself up, you know, dust off and get right back to, into the match. Yeah, it was a terrific match. I thought the whole show was pretty solid. I may like the men's uh, match a little bit more than you. Uh, I'm still mm-hmm. really impressed with Pat McAfee's ability to to kind of do a high spot here, high spot there. And in fact, I've compared him on this show to an NXT like Shane McMahon with how he does some of his stuff in the matches that he's in. He'll get his spots in as long as he's working with some reliable hands on the other side. Like in this case, he's working against Adam Cole in the Undisputed Era. So I think they can trust him. He, he can trust them to, you know, do the right thing. And I thought that came off really, really well. What do you think of Pat McAfee's performances? Oh, I really like Pat McAfee. He's a, an actual really cool dude. You know, I've met him several times, and I really like him. You know, like, the first time I met him, he was like, hey, I know you. And I was like, what, you do? I, 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 I know you. You're awesome. So I really just, like, I overall love Pat in the ring. And, like, I think, like, a lot of people just hate on him just because he's not, like, the he didn't follow the traditional wrestling story, quote-unquote. Yes. I just like he's so different, you know, even like though he's like a radio show host, he's used to be a football player, he can still show like a really good match. And I gotta say that moonsault into the table was beautiful. It was just it was so crisp and polished. And I really it was kinda like relieving to see in a way. You know, it was so beautiful that that moonsault. It's funny, a friend of mine, Jay, who's my wrestling buddy, we watched a lot of the pay-per-views together on WWE Network at my house, and Jay was like, uh, he doesn't think Gronk is as good as, as McAfee, and I, I tend to agree. I think McAfee's taking it to more, more than, than Gronk did when he was in WWE for that short time before he returned to football. So I'm like, I think Pat's really, really uh, good for the business, uh, natural heel, comes you know i don't think he's scripted he, he comes off as a guy that people can hate even though in real life he's actually a pretty cool dude as, as i got to meet him too a couple years ago outside of all state arena in chicago 
uh, before one of the NXT takeovers there. So very cool guy, and yeah, great match. And the women's match, now let's talk a little bit about that again. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez gets the pin on Io Shirai. So do you think now that maybe Raquel Gonzalez gets the next shot at the NXT Women's Championship? Ooh, well, I guess I just gotta say, you know, Raquel looked like a true star in the ring last night. And, like, I don't I don't know because I honestly don't think Raquel is quite ready to get a title shot. You know, I've seen her in the ring for many years, you know, and like, I don't know, there's something about her that's missing, and I really want her to find that piece that is missing, and I think she will eventually find it, it's just, I don't know, I don't think she's ready, but I, I do see them, you know, just throwing her in the match with EO, because that's usually how they run, so that's, I guess in a way, like, I see that happening, but I don't know, I don't think it honestly should, personally. Yeah, there's probably other contenders that you would have expected to maybe get the shot first, but I'm not sure if she jumps the line now because of this. I mean, you can create all kinds of different storylines with this too, obviously. Uh, there's the dynamic between uh, Raquel and Dakota Kai going to be shaken a little bit, especially if Raquel gets his shot over Dakota. Maybe there'd be some jealousy. Maybe Tony Storm wants to get in there and get a shot. Maybe Rhea wants a rematch. I mean, the NXT women's division's pretty hot, which brings me to another Great question off the cuff right here. Your opinion of the women's wrestling scene over the past few years with the evolution? It's definitely cool in a way to see, you know, all the women wrestlers, you know, really evolve and change the game in a way. But I think, like, recently it's really, like, hard to get. Like, for me, I'm very picky with women's wrestling. So, like, you know, there are some people that I just watch and I'm like, man, they're really sloppy. Or, hey, they just don't have it. You know, I always, like, see that. And I, I don't know if that's just, like, an instinct in me that I have. Because I, I think I'm, like, I think that's, like, a true thing. I have an instinct in me. Like, that I just can tell, like, somebody doesn't have it. But, like, I don't know. You can tell when the greats are the are going to be the greatest. And then when, like, there's going to be, you know, the people that are just going to be in the shadows. So, like, overall, it's been really cool just to see, like, the evolution, like you were saying, of women's wrestling, you know, from the first Hell in the Cell match, from the first Iron Women's match to the first all women's paper. You know, I feel like every time women wrestlers are just, you know, changing the game, you know, adding to the bar, you know, adding like pretty much like, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for, but you know, they're just, they keep on adding and adding and adding to their, you know, resume of making history. Raising the bar. Yes. Yes. <laughs> You know, Izzy, I, I'm curious because you're at such a young age and you're already, you already have this, uh, this almost like media, uh, standing. You're, you're, you're an analyst. You've got your, you've got your own show. You've, you've, you're, you're a part of the business. And, but at this age, you could still sit there and say, I want to get into the ring. Is that an ultimate goal for somebody like you? Or do you just like, uh, covering? the the actual business of wrestling what is the what is the end game because at this age you could start right now if you haven't already with training to get yourself into the ring one day but you might also be giving up a really nice little media empire that you're growing for yourself well it's funny that you say that i'm like growing like a media empire you know the main goal is to be in a wwe ring one day you know i i get that a lot you know oh you can you can not even think about getting in the ring because you're so good and like you know people are right but I really want to do something that I had my eyes on like since I was eight years old and that's to be a pro wrestler and I'm not trying to say that I hate you know like 
media stuff. You know, I love talking about wrestling. You know, there's some days where I'm exhausted and I'm like physically drained, but at the same time, you know, I'm like, man, I just love filming and I, and I just love being able to like, I don't know, like hit it in one take or just do as many takes and just, you know, seeing the final product on Twitter and just people like just being happy with it. You know, I really like that. And, you know, I think the really, the hardest part, I don't know if this, I know I'm creating more questions, but I know like the hardest part of being a part of like media is seeing other people, you know, succeed and what you want to be in their spot. You know, this year, 2020, I know everybody kind of went through like a rough patch and so, like, I also went through that. You know, it's funny when I was on the bump, like, that week was the greatest week of my life and also one of the toughest because, you know, to be honest, I was expecting somebody to call me and be like, hey, kid, you're in. And obviously that didn't happen. So, you know, that was really tough. And I, I you know, be probably because people are probably watching this and thinking, like, oh, she's a kid. She's just expecting them to hand her everything. You know, I just thought because, like, after, like, just going through so much and, like, actually being in that position you kind of think you're almost there and like it's it's funny sometimes because you see people who made it and you want to be in their position and you know what that like taste and like that feeling is like when you get the call so like you know it's just media is weird like you have your ups and downs you know there was a patch in my life where I was like man I'm not getting the interviews that I that I'm hoping for I I love the interviews I'm getting now but I'm just like I'm wishing for more I want like bigger ones and then, like, there's ones where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, this past week, you know, I had, like, three interviews lined up, and I'm, like, so happy. And then at the same time, I see other people, and I'm like, oh, my God, I literally asked that same person for an interview, and they never responded. So, but overall, you know, media and my dreams being a pro wrestler, you know, they're never going to change. You know, I'm always, I always want to be a pro wrestler one day. You know, that's what I've always wanted. So you, you bring up the fact that you want to wrestle and you bring up the fear that some people will look at you and say, she's getting this because it's almost getting handed to her. She's been on the, already in the spotlight, but I see, and, and maybe you see the same thing. I see the possibility that when you do decide you want to transition into being in ring, everything you've said in media, maybe a criticism about a wrestler, anything that you've done to pick something apart you might get held to a much higher standard and have a harder road to go through it. So I, I don't think it would be handed to you. I think it might actually be a little bit more difficult. Do you ever worry about that? And do you think I might be onto something there? Um, you know, I I always stick to the truth when that is nothing's going to be handed to me. I know, you know, all my life I've always had to fight through things, whether it's my dreams of being in a pro wrestling school or having my first match, you know, I always had to go through you know when things go easy for me it's I know it's going to like become harder you know being on the bump you know I was expecting the call never got it in a week and you know I just was like okay this ain't happening I got the call in a week I was like okay this is like really weird like this is really easy and then you know the next day like I just like I, I always that's the thing about me you know I really need to fix this like I always like look on to the next day like I'm not like I, I never savor the moment I always just look on to the next day which I really need to work on but I know you know I, my dad always says I'm gonna be the most hated person in the pro wrestling business and he's not like making fun of me or like you know trying to trash me but in a way he is very right you know I see all these fan <laughs> pages you know when they announce me on the bump people are like who is Izzy why is she there 
And you know what? At the same at the same time, I'm like, this is my moment, and nobody's gonna ruin it. This is something that I've worked on for like my entire life, like to be a part of this. You know, every podcast, every interview that I've done, this is what I prepared for. So, you know, I know my road is gonna be very hard, and you know, and it it is already hard. You know, from not getting I don't know the views that I want or you know, battling scoliosis, like, it's kind of like that kind of, like, that battle. So I know it's going to be hard when I get there. I know you work out very, very hard. Your dad has actually posted some workout videos, so I know you're not settling. You're not taking it easy. You're 110% going into this goal, and I, I applaud you for that. I really, really appreciate seeing you put the work in. It's really, really mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you. Can we go ahead and... Uh, rewind back to that eight day where you're eight years old with that big Sasha Banks and Bailey match. So with that whole situation with Sasha taking the ball off your head and, and parading around the ring with it and then chugging it back toward you in the audience, was that something that, let me, let's, let's do a little, do a little inside baseball. I love this. I love it. Cause this was what Mike was talking about before we even got started. Like, he's like, I just don't know if it was real or not. Like, was she in on it? That's what you're going to ask her, aren't you? Was it spontaneous? Or was it something that they came up to you guys before the show and were like, okay, this is going to happen during the match and this is how you should react? It's, this is like the big secret that everybody wants to know. They did not tell me. It was all on the spot. And I'm not able, I, I've never been that person that's like able to cry when somebody tells me to. So like that was super hard. So like I'm sure like it had to be a very natural reaction. It couldn't be like Lacey Evans' daughter, you know, trying to scratch Sasha, which is kind of pointless. Um, so like, that's why when they try to create a moment, like Sasha stealing a kid's boat, it will never happen because I don't know. I gave an Oscar worthy performance at NXT TakeOver Respect. You were an NXT girl thrown through and you mentioned that earlier. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I am. <laughs> but you recently got to go to one of the AEW shows at Daly's place in Jacksonville. You got your family drove out there. You guys took in the show. And you also were part of a media scrum after one of the recent AEW events. So what was the AEW experience like for you at Daly's Place? Oh my goodness. It was probably a, like, it was a game changing experience, you know, like it opened up so many opportunities that like, I really can't talk about because, but I want to talk about what I just can't. I'm like, I'm on the scrum and I have my AirPods in and then the whole, like, and all the wrestlers just come out from the back. Like, all the wrestlers meeting, like, people who were in wheelchairs. It was, like, really sweet to see. And I could just tell, like, it was a big family. And then, like, and then like all of them just walked past me. And I said hi to Cody. And I, walk, I talked to him for a little bit. And then, I don't know if you guys know this, but I love Orange Cassidy. So I said hi to him. And he gave me, like, the thumbs up. And, like, my life was complete. And so I was, like, I kept on saying on the car ride home. was, like, the best part of my night was saying hi to Orange Cassidy. And my parents were, like what you talking to Cody bros is even better. You know, that's a big opportunity. I was like, no, uh-uh. but I told it. I'm like, I totally agree with them. But like, this is a joke. Like, I just got to say the AEW like family, like they're so awesome. Like they made sure like I, I made it to my car. They sure, they made sure like I was comfortable and everything. So that's what I like gathered from the whole experience. Big week for AEW as well. Sting returning, uh, Kenny Omega defeating John Moxley for the title, the Don mm-hmm. the Don Callis interaction, and now it looks like an AEW Impact Wrestling um, collaboration. So in thirty seconds, uh, tell me what you think of what happened with AEW last week. It's it's very interesting. Like I was like, whoa, what the heck? 
So, you know, like, I I was at NXT, so I wasn't able to watch live, so I was, like, kind of sad because NXT was just, like, the main event I was not into, and, like, everybody was posting about staying. I'm like, man, I wish I was there. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I, I we watched it on Thursday, and so I was like, okay, let me see the Sting part. The Sting part was really cool, and it was, I think the coolest part was that there was nobody, like, speculated it. I, I think there was, like, a few rumors going around, but from what I saw, there wasn't really anything. And I like that, like, no dirt sheet was like, oh, we saw them, like, testing out his entrance and stuff. Like, it was just, like, nobody expected it. So that was really cool. And I'm excited to see what he has to say this Wednesday. And then also with the Don Callis and Kenny Omega thing. So I kind of formed a big opinion on this. I honestly don't have the willpower to watch Impact on Tuesdays. For me, that's when I film the hot tag So like, automatically I'm like checked out after like right when I come home because we film like a lot so I was like okay this is going to be tough and also I don't have access tv many people don't so like that's the thing and so I I know like a lot of people are like oh you can just watch it on twitch and youtube I first of all I don't know how to work twitch you know I've never been that person and also like youtube I don't know I don't want some like crappy clip of Kenny Omega doing a promo so like that's the thing. And like, just to, like I said, like just to see Kenny Omega do a promo, like I don't need to see it. So I want to like, I want to see like how other people do it and like see if I can find a way to watch it, I guess. So it's, it's interesting, but you know, we shall see. <laughs> oh my God, Izzy, this has been absolutely amazing. The time just flew by today. And before we let you go though, I definitely want to have you promote your social media. Go ahead and promote all your social media for us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So I am found on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, and Pro Wrestling Tees across my social media accounts. It is It's Izzy Mania. Make sure you put in the It's. Everybody forgets it. It happens. And on social media, I have my weekly show called The Hot Tag, where I preview NXT and AEW exclusively on YouTube. I get some killer interviews. My recent one is with Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. Amazing dude. I've had interviews with Alex Gracia, who's been seen on AEW, Jonathan Coachman, who's been seen on ESPN, Tommaso Ciampa, all of those interviews. So make sure you go check it out on my YouTube channel. And on Pearl Wrestling Tees, if you look up Izzy or Izzy Mania, I have some awesome tees waiting for you. So that's basically my social medias. Izzy, hats off to you, but also uh, I, for the last 30 minutes, I've been sitting there thinking to myself, hats off to your dad. Because as a father of a daughter that's around your age, I I have to give my hats off to him that he is allowing you to pursue what you want to pursue and probably being super supportive while he's just scared to death. Because you're Thank like you. running around with all these wrestlers and you're in this like public media eye and it would just absolutely, as somebody who is on the radio across the country for over a decade and understands the pitfalls that can happen when you're out there and you're putting yourself out there. I'd be petrified to put my daughter out there, but I'd still want to support what she was doing. So uh, that guy deserves an award. (laughs) He really does. My mom and dad are truly incredible. I love them both. You know, you know, my parents, they're awesome. They've raised me so well. So yeah, that's what I have to say. But thank you so much, guys. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you, Izzy. You have a wonderful uh, week. Bye. Our special guest, it'll be live at 2 p.m. Central Time, December the 14th, Monday afternoon, Beast Man. He's been in Warrior Wrestling and some Eastern promotions as well. Very excited to have Beastman on the show for the first time next week. 
All right, this has been Windy City Slam. We're live on Mondays on the Podbean app and then found on demand everywhere. Podcast can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. You're screaming because my name, I 